What is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Today we're here with Rob and Nick talking about some. Look, man, it's getting it's getting hot. We're about a week away from the playoffs. Things are starting to happen. We're seeing some some great performances, right? Very specifically, Robert Cunha Jr. the Atlanta Braves recently. Hey, man, Rob, Nick, how you guys doing? Yo, what's going on, guys? I'm doing well. Happy to be here for another week. Um, getting towards the end of the season here. This is where you start kind of cleaning things up now, approaching the postseason and. A lot of people's favorite time, right? Because postseason time is when we see some of the most exciting baseball of the year. So I'm definitely getting hyped as the end of the season approaches. Yeah, man, doing real good. This is the best month coming up for our sports. You've got basketball starting towards the end. You got football kind of getting full swing, and you got the baseball playoffs coming up. Really doesn't get much better than this as, as a sports fan for sure. All right, man, we got to start with Uni Watch. Nick, what 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 Uni are we wearing today? Yeah, we got the throwback Tequila Sunrise Nolan Ryan jersey for the Astros. Uh, the Astros may not make the playoffs. What? They're like in the ALCS every single year since we've been born, and now they might not make the playoffs. It's looking. I mean, look, we're, we're going to get into it today, but yeah, look, that extra wild card spot changed. I think I think might have been one of the best things for baseball, just for most fan bases, because we have so many teams that are still look. We're a week away, and we're still talking about who might get in, who might not get in. This is not always the case. You're in, you're out. But before we get to that, we want to talk about a team that's definitely in. There's no question about it. In my opinion, have the MVP shouldn't even be questioned. We shouldn't even be having this discussion. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is the first person ever in the history of baseball to have a 40-40 season. No, not 40-40. I'm sorry. 40-60 season with the Atlanta Braves. Rob, man, I'm going to start off with you, dude. Where do you put Ronald Acuna Jr.'s season in kind of like context with some of the last seasons we've seen most recently, because we've seen some record-breaking MVP seasons the last few, few years. Yeah, man, his his I mean his season is is historic. That's literally the the best word to describe it. It's not a season that we've seen before in the game of baseball at all. Can't point can't point to a single other player that has done what Ronald Acuna uh, Jr. has done. I personally owe Ronald Acuna Jr. some apologies, um, just because I feel like I've talked so much shit about Ronald Acuna Jr. in the last couple of years, like when we bring him up in combos with Fernando Tati Jr. or Juan Soto. And the reality is that, in my opinion, right, because look, guys, we've had, we've kind of had this like two to three week run where like people have, like in a weird way, like people have really tried to like de-legitimize like Ronald Acuna Jr. season, right? Like like he, like what he hasn't been doing has been crazy. Like they've, they've just, oh man, like it's the expansion of the bases, right? Like like, yes, like, I'm like, do you, do you realize that this man has 68 stolen bases? So, so like, so like, even if the bases would have stayed normal, he's still having a 40, 40 year. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like what, he's, what he's, argument he's we're ending, making. He, he's ending at 40, 70. Uh, well, if I had a doubt, he's, he's stealing two yeah. more bases too. Right. Which, which right. is even more ridiculous when you put so, it in that context. So, so for sure. Yeah. Like I, I totally agree with that argument. The expansion of the bases definitely leads to 30 more stolen bases for, for Ronald Cruz Jr. Like, like he wasn't going to do that this season anyway. Um, it's kind of funny. He's going to be the first MVP like over Tatis Jr., over Juan Soto, right? Like I, that was always like a discussion. Like when are these guys going to start racking up these like MVP awards and not just be those guys that are in that conversation? I think he he should be the rightful MVP playing for the best team in baseball, frankly. Like the, the Braves are the number one team um, in baseball. We've talked about them all year, just the stuff that they're doing with the organization. It's not just about locking up your players long term and sure like contingency and like uh, um, or continuity and like keeping those like players together is definitely great for your culture and for building winning ways but it's the fact that they have great players locked up for lock for long term it's not just like hey we're keeping these guys together no it's I have a top level third baseman I have a top level 
outfielder. I have a top-level first baseman, a top-level second baseman, a top-level catcher, top-level starters. Like, even, even if you single in on a guy like Michael Harris, right, who, like, was injured and then came out slow a little, Michael Harris is hitting almost 300. Like, since he's been back from injury, posting over an 800 OPS, he'd be the number one outfielder for a lot of teams out there. And he's the Braves' number two outfielder behind Ronald Acuna Jr., who is a generational talent. I mean, dude, you can't say enough about it. Um, and, and and again, it's it's what we want to see for the sport of baseball as well. These are the types of guys that we want the highlights on. These are the types of guys that we want the cameras on. Your Shohei Otanis, your Aaron Judges. You're Ronald Acuna Jr. is like these types of high-level superstars that are going to have more eyes on the game. And look, man, the reality is I'm I'm trying to see the sequel because coming off of this season, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 200 plus hits, 100, like however many runs he ends up with, stolen bases, home runs, RBIs, like oh, he's going to have over 1,000 OPS. I think he's also leading the league in on-base percentage, which is wild thinking for Ronald Acuna Jr., right? Not normally the name that you see associated with that type of category. Um, I'm ready for the sequel, man. And like, and like they told him, you get a chance to play in the world series this year, right? I think him being the number to me, he is the best player in the game of baseball this season playing for the best team. And I think he has to go out there. And like I said, this could be the potential start of a dynasty. Do the Braves make it two titles in the last three years? We're going to have to wait and see. You know, what's the craziest part about this? I feel like he's kind of doing it. I'm going to say under the radar, but there's so much less hype around Ronald Cunha Jr. than there has been for past MVPs, in my opinion, right? Where we have, and granted, look, it's a long season, so you should have other people in discussion throughout the season, right? But the way it's been talked about, kind of like Rob mentioned, it's just been, it's kind of been discrediting, right? Where it's, it's yeah, you know, he's good, but he's also on the best team. Or, yeah, he's doing this because this. And it's like, no, like, these these stats are are ridiculous. And the Braves, in in total, in totality, their roster is, is just insane. When we look at like their their starting lineup, there's two guys that I don't think would start everywhere. That's Eddie Rosario and and Marcelo Zuna. Ozuna would probably be like a, a, a you know you come in to face left-handers on, on most teams, right? But Eddie Rosario is probably the only guy that I don't think would be a, a, a straight up starter on on every team. And maybe Orlando Garcia. Like he, he, there's there's some there's some debate there. You know what I mean? Even though he's having a great season this year, but even even the bench, right? Darno. Dude, you mentioned having one great catcher. Darno is probably like if we if we're doing top ten of catchers, he's probably in the top ten right now. Um, Kevin Pillar, which you know Nick Nick's boy Kevin Pillar, MVP vote getter at one point in his career, Kevin Pillar, right? Von Grisham, we saw what he did last year when he came in to to, to help out with that. Danby Swanson was down, so this is just a deep ass team, and we're not even talking about the rotation yet. Which obviously that's going to be what 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 people are going to be questioning the most going into the playoffs. But Nick, I'm gonna kick it over to you, man. I know, I know you're a history nerd. I know you look love looking at these numbers and contextualizing it with the with the game in the past, man. What are your thoughts on Ronald Cunha Jr.'s season so far? You know, you kind of let it off with this is something we've never seen before. It's historical <clears throat> for me. I don't always typically think that if you have this great season from an MVP standpoint and you set something record wise, that you necessarily should get it, unless you're doing something we've never seen before, which is what's happening. Last year, Aaron Judge won the MVP, and he should have. It should have been unanimous, absolutely, because he led all of baseball in every single category, almost led an average, led in home runs, RBIs, runs, all that stuff. Like the His level of excellence last year was so far superior to the rest of the league. He deserved it, 
But when you think about, you know, 62 home runs last year, you set the American League record. I don't think that was enough necessarily to beat out a guy like Shohei Otani last year. But with everything he was doing and how much sparse, how much further superior he was to everybody, he had to do it. Well, that's the same thing this year with Acuna Jr. Him and Mookie Betts are right there. But we're talking 40-70. To put that in context, the next the next amount of stolen bases from a 40-40 guy is 47 stolen bases. We're talking 23 more stolen bases, almost 50% more than what you've had in the past from a 40-40 guy. If you want to go down and lower the home runs to 30, the best stolen base season you've ever seen with a 30 home run season is 50 by Eric Davis in 1987. We're 20 more than that. 20 more, almost, again, 50% better. What he's doing, okay, fine, you gave him six extra inches on the bases to make this happen, and he can start timing pitchers because they only have the two pickoffs. Guess what? He still has to be fucking smart enough to do it, and he still has to be fast enough to do it. There's so much more than just these little changes that increase stolen bases. Oh, and by the way, it's not like everybody else in the league is stealing 70. He's leading Major League Baseball. This isn't just a guy got more stolen bases because of rule changes. Yes, the whole league has more stolen bases, but he's leading the league in it. And with the comparison to Betts a couple weeks ago, I'm really glad it's, it's cooled off. Acuna had a little injury, came back and just decided, you know what, this is stupid. I don't want you guys talking about Betts. Betts was getting more shine than Acuna Jr., and Betts is not doing anything historical. Like, let's be real here. And the crazy part is, both those two teams are stacked. If Betts was doing this on, say, the Reds or the Giants or the Marlins, on a team that's fighting for that playoff spot, yes, I could see the argument for Betts for sure. The only argument Betts really has over Acuna Jr. this year is defense. That's really it. Because every single offensive category goes to Acuna Jr. And this is one of those things where if if you like the game at all and you have any sort of history contextualization, you need to be watching this because we may never see this again. This is Ricky Henderson type stuff from a power speed combo at the top of the lineup. Um, I'm just glad he really put it together. My only thing with this going forward, and I, I, I hope that this he just continues this because now it's going to be like, well, you did 4070. So what are you going to do next? Re- that's what we're going to ask. What are you going to do next? How about we just enjoy a 4070 season? That's like, you know, the Shohei Otani fatigue, like, okay, yeah, cool. You're, you're an MVP caliber hitter, you're Cy Young caliber pitcher, but what are you going to do next? When are you going to have a sub two ERA? No, let's enjoy the 4070. And guess what? Next year, if he comes, even if he comes with a 2550, there's not many 2550 seasons we've ever seen either. He might be number two or three at that. So this is just, it's amazing. I never, ever, without a shout out, I never thought Acuna Jr. would be at this level putting everything together in a single season, not because it's Acuna Jr. I didn't think I'd ever see anybody do something like this, hit over 330, drop 40 bombs, steal 70 bags. I don't care if they made the best, the bases 10 inches bigger each way. That's fucking impressive, especially when you think he drops 40 bombs. That's so many less chances to steal bases. There's so many things involved with this that historically, this might be like a top 10 season in the history of baseball with what he's doing because he's doing it across the board. And he's doing it on, you know, a prime team. He's taking advantage of everything that he has. 143 runs, uh, I believe 105 RBIs. Like, he's doing everything he can. 105 RBIs from the leadoff spot. That's insane to think about. And he's taking full advantage of the team he's got around him. And the team is taking full advantage of him having this year. They're clearly the best team in the league. 
it's one of those teams where you just look at how do they even lose in a playoff season? Like, at what point do you think you're going to beat this team four out of seven games? Like, what team is going to go in against them? But yeah, no, we got a legitimate shot. You got to go into this like, man, I hope everybody gets COVID right now. That's that's how we're going to beat these. We're going to inject COVID into their locker room, and somehow they're still going to be better than us. You know, it's crazy when we look at just the numbers themselves. You know, looking looking through some of the some of the numbers that for me are kind of surprising, right? If I told you right now, Acuna Junior's top ten in walks, that's something that people I think if you know, especially people who've been following Acuna, they they never thought Acuna would be a dude that's top ten in walks, right? Um, you know, obviously run scored, he has a great team behind him as well, but you know, batting average. This man, look, we, we all love Freddie Freeman. We think Freddie Freeman's a great hitter. He is. He's a great player, great you know, person of the game. He's got a better average than Freddie Freeman, which, you know, let's be honest, that's a pretty big deal when you're also putting up the, the rest of these numbers. Um, you know, on base, leader. he's a leader in the, ML, in, in, in the NL in on-base percentage. That is insane for, for a dude who, you know, again, we just didn't think of him like this. And I, I, I think... This is what I'm going to say with, with, with Ronald Cooney Jr. and his coverage based on the season is, I, I honestly think it's because he doesn't speak English and because he's not Otani, right? Like, you know, all this Mookie Bet stuff. And look, I love Mookie Bet. I think he's a great player. But because he's also a personality now, we want to kind of push that narrative of Mookie Bet's doing this. And this. There's, this, there's, this um, there's this post on the page that's basically showing love to Patrick Bailey. Patrick Bailey's been a great defensive catcher this year. Which he really has been. He's really been, you know, I don't mind saying it. I think he's probably the best defensive catcher we're looking at right now in, in the MLB the last few months that he's been up. Someone said, this is disrespect to Mookie. Yo, Mookie's not even the top right fielder right now when it comes to defense. Guys like Tatis Jr. have better defensive stats. And, and again, this isn't like me being a Tatis guy. This is just, it's, it's a fact. Whatever metric you use to measure, Tatis Jr. has had better defense. I mean, it's not a long list, but let's not let's say let's not let's say people are getting robbed because because they don't mention Mookie. Mookie's a great player and he deserves his he deserves his shine, right? Don't I better not hear you say he'd be a Gold Glove shortstopper, short, short shortstop position player because I don't think he would, right? And, and not to disrespect Mookie in, in this conversation because this is not what I'm trying to do with this, but we just have to look at Ronald Cunha Jr. and really appreciate what we're looking at because here's the thing too. I think. I think Cunha Jr. has another like if he really wants to up his game next year, that's where the next level comes in. It's the defensive part because it's it's been shown. Look, he has all the defensive tools you need as far as speed, range. The dude has a fucking cannon. He takes he takes plays off though, right? He doesn't have the best routes to baseballs. So I mean, the, the balls in in in, in, the, in the field. So if he wants to take a next step in his game, right? And let's say consider him that kind of five tool player. Defense is that next thing, right? Where maybe next year he comes in, comes in, and we are talking about a gold glover. He does have the physical skills to do that. It just depends on whether he's going to put the work in and whether he wants to play that way, right? Um, but again, we saw it with Tatis Jr. He has the physical tools, and he's going out there and ball out. But um, hey, man, going to be fun to watch. You know, real quick on that, I I don't even want to like Acuna Jr. is one of the few players I don't want to see him go all out on every play, right. because like he's already had an injury, and you know I'm going to throw out this one out there, King Griffey Jr. He went all out on everything, and his injuries ended what might have been undoubtedly, not even arguably, the GOAT career. Like, the tools he had, those injuries absolutely killed him. I don't want to see that with Acuna Jr., and I'm not a guy that 
I was the guy on the field, like, you better play hard every single pitch behind me. No, I want to see what this guy can do offensively because if there's another level offensively even, man, look out. It, it's absolutely crazy. And you're right. There's no shade to bets. It's just you ran into literally one of the top 10 seasons we'll ever see on a baseball field with Acuna. And with him not getting his shine out there, here's the crazy part. He's the old guy there. Like, he had the first what-are-you-doing contract. Then we get the Albies contract. Then we get the, you know, the Olsen contract, you know. We've got, you know, the, the Sean Murphy contract. He's the old guy there. All these new things that have happened, the Austin Riley contract, like all of these things that happened along the way. It's so, there's so much on the Braves to talk about other than him that we just forget to talk about him. It's, it's crazy. He's 25 years old. Juan Jr. is 25 years old, to put, that, to put that into context. And he's getting better, right? He's one of those guys that if, if he hadn't signed that contract, right now we'd be talking about, like we talked about Juan Soto's contract, where, holy shit, who's going to pay him? half a billion dollars potentially to come play on their team. I, I love seeing it, man. I, I know you guys know Kunia is one of my guys, so I, I, I absolutely love the fact that he's balling out the way he is. Let's go to another team who balled out this season. And I, I'm going to say a statement that I don't think anyone here would have thought I was going to say um, about this, but the Minnesota Twins clinched the AL Central. Not, not, not really the toughest division to, to clinch <laughs> Right, I think I think there's like four other teams who are making the playoffs that might have clinched that division if they played in that division. But either way, right? Um, Minnesota Twins going back to the playoffs. In my opinion, they have the strongest roster they've had in in a very long time go, going into the playoffs. And what I think might be a little I, their position players are a little bit um, I might say questionable, but they're they're, they're probably the, what I have the biggest questions about. But their rotation rotation has been amazing this year. Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, you go to the closer. I've already mentioned, I think Jordan Duran is the best closer in, in, in baseball. I, I would take him above anybody else right now. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm, my, that's not my statement. My statement's going to come later. And, and I know that Rob's going to give me a dirty look here. But how far do you think the Twins can take this playoff run? And, Nick, I'll start with you, man. Believe it or not, I, I think they can make it to the ALCS. I, I don't see them having the firepower against the other teams. Also, just their playoff history. Rocco Baldelli has not shown that he can manage in the playoffs. So I, I, I can't necessarily support that he, they're just going to all of a sudden change. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Their pitching staff has been carrying them. It's absolutely amazing what they've done this year. And when you've got those kind of arms, like you have a chance to win every single night, no matter who you're playing, because you have an arm on the mound that can shut them down. The Pablo Lopez addition, like that trade is got to be one of the best trades in MLB history for both teams because both teams got exactly what they wanted out of it. Both teams are much better than they were last year. They addressed their needs. But for the Twins, it's almost like getting Pablo Lopez up to everybody else in that rotation. They're like, okay, so we've got to have this level every single night. And from what I've been reading, it sounds like he's a quiet leader where he's not in everybody's face, but he just kind of does his thing. And everybody's going to kind of follow along, like, okay, so this is how you, this is how you become a professional pitcher. This is how you get good quality starts every single night. But to me, the key, the change for everything with the Twins was Royce Lewis. This man has gone absolutely bonkers. I mean, I think he's got like single season leader in Grand Slams, and he's only been playing in 58 games. He was number one pick a couple of years ago. Came up as a top prospect, got hurt, played hurt, and now that he's not injured and he's playing to his capability, I mean. Just absolutely going off this year. Uh, 309, sorry, 307 average. No, 309 average, 372 on base, 
548 slugging with a 921 OPS. I don't know if anybody saw this out of any Twins hitter, but when you lose a guy like Arise and you plug in Royce Lewis and he comes in, it that's great for that team. You know, it's it's the offense they haven't had. It's the spark. It's almost the I don't care what you guys think about me or us. I'm still going to go out there and just ball out. And that's the attitude the Twins have not had for a lot of years. They're a legitimate team. This isn't what we've been saying all year. Whoever wins the Central, like, just get rid of all five teams. Um, they're changing the narrative in the AL to kind of reseeding and putting everybody just together and take the top six teams. I think this is going to be a legitimately competitive team. I see them the where they could make it to the ALCS. It's tough for me to put them over the other teams they could see, so the brackets are going to really, really matter on how they, they play out. But if they made it to the World Series, it also wouldn't surprise me because when you have those top three starters that can literally shut a team down, they can shut down any offense. They can shut down the Mariners. They can shut down the Astros. They can shut down the Orioles. They can shut down any team. So a World Series, you know, berth is there. It's possible. It's one of the teams I can see making it there. But I think ALCS is their cap, and I wouldn't be surprised seeing them play in the ALCS for sure. Man, I, I love the Twins. I, you know, Royce Lewis, has probably had the worst luck of any Major League Baseball player ever. He's he's a he's a person we've been talking about for about about four years. I would say about about four years about a guy who should be on the on the roster, but injuries torn ACLs multiple times um, with influx of other injuries as well. And right now he's having his moment in in Minnesota. And he's one of those dudes. He's a he's a he's a he's a plus athlete. He's he's absolutely destroying it. We're we're I love the fact that he's getting it done the way that he is. Ironically, he's back on the D, on the on the IL, but you know, still he he's a guy who, throughout points this season, he's kind of carried. Now I'm not gonna say he's carried that offense, but the things he's done with his time there has been nothing short of amazing. Right now, he's rocking a 921 OPS, which is best best on the team. Um, and it's a significant amount of at bats. You know, he's right now he's up to about close to 250 plate appearances. So he's doing it over a stretch of time. Rob, I'll kick it over to you, man. How far do you think these Minnesota Twins can go? Um, first round. I think I think they're gonna be out in the first round. I'm go. I'm go. I'm going. Yeah. Look, I'm going the other way because like no, because like I'm gonna need you guys to stop lying to the people, right? Because it, you, it's you do realize the Yankees aren't in the playoffs to beat them, right? Right, that that's totally fine. But there's also five other teams that are going to be there that are all just better. Like if we're talking about on paper, like better. Like I'm I'm going to go with the on paper teams. Look, if we're if we're actually analyzing it from a perspective of the Twins up against the AL, right? If they make a Cinder a Cinderella run to the World Series, because that's what it would be, right? I just want to make that clear. If the Twins get to the World Series, it's a Cinderella run. Let's not act like it's like oh this team was built to like make this World Series run. Like it it was a Cinderella run because look, they're they're you have to take it from this perspective. They just clinched their division off of at 82 wins. At 82 wins on the season, they just clinched their division, okay? Like I completely understand whatever that has to do with the with the rest of the AL Central. The AL Central is garbage. I get that, right? Someone had to come out of that heap up top and the Twins made moves that definitely helped them do that. But at 82 wins, they just clinched their division. They're probably going to end the year at what? What, what? what would we give them? 87, 88 wins on the season? That's probably what they're going to end the year at. They're going to have to face, they're going to finish third, right? Based off of our new playoff system, they're going to be the third highest ranked seed. 
because the, because whoever wins the West is going to have a better record, and whoever wins the East is for sure going to be the number one, the number one seed, right? So they're going to have to face the third wild card in the first in the first round. Which at this point, we're going to get into the discussion a little bit. But you're looking at what Toronto. You're looking at maybe Houston. You're even let's say if Texas falls from their number one spot and goes to that whatever Seattle, like these teams. While I agree with you that Minnesota does have some pitching that can like neutralize these teams. It's all on the other side of that equation is these pitchers can also get demolished by these offenses. The offenses that the twins are going to face in the postseason, like when it comes to like OPS, like they're definitely more in the conversation with these teams. But when it comes to just like batting average, just putting the ball in play, like hitting offense on the year, the teams that are going to be in there in there with them have been better all season. Baltimore has been better on the offensive end. Tampa Bay has been better. Toronto has been better. Houston's better. Texas is going to be better. I think that the, Honestly, the easiest route that the twin and I'm not trying to throw any shade, but the easiest route that the Twins would have to making it past the first round, I would think would be a Seattle Mariners series. If they found if they found themselves versus the Seattle Mariners in the first round, because I think that's a series that would point more to to pitching versus pitching, where like the Twins could put up their guys against, you know, the Logan Gilberts and the and the George Kirby's and the Luis Castillos with the Mariners. That that would be a great pitching series. But I'm scared for the Twins. Even in, even in a year like where the Yankees are not in the postseason, I'm scared for the Twins when they have to come up against some of these other teams. I don't. I think I've said before. I think Baltimore might be a little early, like where where I could see Baltimore making even a deeper run next season. That still doesn't mean that I don't think Baltimore completely demolishes Minnesota in the playoffs this season. Like if it gets to that point, I just I don't see a world where Minnesota is going to go in and like just overtake series from these teams like that. And that's not to say that Sonny Gray or Pablo Lopez can't have a good start in the postseason and, and get some wins out of it for sure. But they're also to the, to the point where I will give them a little bit of credit is the guys that you've been usually relying on for them have not been there this season and have not been performing to their level. And those are guys that could potentially give them a boost if they're there, because we don't know what Byron, we don't know if Byron Bucks is going to play in the postseason. We don't know if Carlos Correa is going to play in the postseason. We don't know if Royce Lewis is going to play in the postseason. Those three guys are on the on the ten day just on the ten day ILs uh, recently, so we have to see how they come out. Do I think they'll play? Sure, but Carlos Correa has had the worst season of his career by far. Byron Buxton has been bad, bad to being bad. Royce Lewis, what Nick pointed out for sure, but like Royce Lewis can't also come to the plate every time with the bases loaded. You know, you feel me like you have to like also be like a, a baseball player. And, and and for sure, like if you come up in those big moments, I want you to do that exact same thing. But like he might he might have created his own position. Royce, Royce Lewis might be the first Grand Slam specialist we've ever seen in the game of baseball, where he literally just has that position on the roster. And that that's the position he has. You, if the bases are not loaded, you're not seeing you're not seeing home plate, Royce. Like you're just on the bench. OK, we'll wait for that for that moment. But. That's all to say that the Minnesota Twins are on a Cinderella run. I appreciate what they're doing this season. Sure, go crazy. I agree with what Daniel's probably about to say that this is the this is the best chance that they've had to try to make it. And unfortunately enough for their fans, it's still going to earn it's still going to end in a first round egg. I don't know if we have any listeners from Minnesota, but if we do, this is time to fucking listen up. All right, first thing, first thing is Rob Manfred, did you hear that? Just how you made the old tiny rule of the age. We got a we got the Royce Lewis rule with with, with uh bases loaded. Grand Make slams. it happen, guy. Make it happen. You're the idea man now. Oh, where do I start with this? Oh. 
Go ahead, go so, ahead. Put on, put on the Minnesota cap. A few a few weeks ago, when we did our like top five most likely to win the World Series, I had I had Minnesota in there. I think I had like five. I had them at one. No, you had Minnesota. You had Minnesota one. Did I have Minnesota? Am I wrong? Uh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Daniel picked Minnesota as his favorite to win to win the World Series when we had that conversation. I think so. Yeah, he I'll had Minnesota. That. No, that's why I was, no. That, I, that's why I give Daniel credit. If Minnesota goes on this run, I give Daniel credit because weeks ago he picked them number one, but they're still a Cinderella. <laughs> no, look, they absolutely are. Here's what I'll say about this team. What I love about it is. Because the AL Central has been so shit this year, they've gone under the radar of all the good stuff they've done. When you look at this roster, and you look at it as, as far as what can it do, it has everything you want from a potential World Series champion, right? We're talking about pitching, right? Pitching is the most important thing usually. Do, do we think that they have a top three rotation going into the playoffs? I do. Right? As far as consistency, as far as guys I trust, give me Pablo Lopez. I trust Pablo Lopez. He's shown this entire year that he can get big outs when it matters. Um, Sonny Gray, look, outside of his stint in New York, he's been a great pitcher in the, in the major leagues. Right? Like, I, I wouldn't put him in the elite group. I wouldn't put him in, in a, you know, I don't even think he, he, he gets into our top 20 list. But he's solid. He goes out there. He doesn't, he doesn't put up, like, the big innings. That's kind of one of the things with Sonny Gray. But when he's out there, he, he gets outs. It's not sexy, but he, but, he, but he gets outs, which is what we kind of want, right? Then if we look at, at, at the third guy there, which would be Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan's another under-the-radar guy nobody talks about. He's one of these young guys that he doesn't have the, the high velo, so he's not someone that jumps off the screen and you say, hey, this guy's going to take over a game. But does he get get outs? He, he does, and he does it in multiple of the ways. Then we look at then we look at okay, they got the pitching. What are the other things? Defense. I think this is a, this is a plus defense team, right? Outside of Jorge Polanco, who is probably going to be relegated to DH anyway. I mean, he, he's a dude who might not even get into the starting lineup. He's one of the better hitting second basemen we've had in the last five years. Um, you know, we, we look at defense around the infield. And the outfield, actually. You have plus guys. Carlos Correa, say what you want about Carlos Correa. He's still playing a, a, a elite-level shortstop, right? Byron Buxton, which we don't know if he'll play or not. Um, that's always a tough one, Byron Buxton. He's, he's mostly served as their DH this year. But you tell me you put Byron Buxton out there on a whim during a playoff series, because now all we need to do is win, win these series? I'll take that. And if not, Michael Carter's playing center field. I mean, not Michael Carter, sorry. Uh, Michael Taylor is playing center field, and he's also a plus defender, as well as Max Kepler, who's a plus defender. Joey Gallo, if he's back in time, plus defender, right? Well, I mean, he's not plus defender, but he's an above-average defender out there. I-, I love this team. Look, Edward Julian, we're not talking about, but he's been great this year for, 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 for a rookie. He's been a really kind of under-the-radar rookie. I, I, I just love it. And then offensively, right? They have a little bit of – they have more balance than any Twins team has had coming into the postseason. Yes, they have guys that can still bop, right? Joy, Joy Gallo's a bopper, right? Um, Byron Buxton's more likely to get a home run than get a single at this point in his career. And he gets a single, he's probably going to steal the base. Like, I love the makeup of this team as far as the potentials you have. No, they, they don't have the best guys, right? I don't think they have the best lineup. When, you, when we talk about best lineups, we'll talk about Baltimore, most likely. 
right? When we talk about that, right? Obviously the Braves, obviously teams like the like the Dodgers. On the AL side, though, right? We don't even know if the Rangers get in right now, right? It's it's, it's kind of close. I think they have a way better uh, lineup than the fucking Mariners. The Mariners make it. Um, so you know, I, I take I'll take I'll take this. I'll take the Twins lineup before I take the Rays lineup right now. Does that sound like hater talk? Maybe, but I I, I do I don't I don't really trust the Rays lineup like that. Um, I know I know Nick I know your face I know they're 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 scoring more runs than than everybody and their mother. Um, and then the last thing I'm gonna say, and this is where where it's me pretty much saying fuck you to analytics team. It's pretty much saying fuck you to people who just look at numbers. One of the biggest changes I think that that happened to this Twins team that I think is gonna carry them in the playoffs is Carlos Correa. Yes, he's been absolute fucking garbage this year. But you have a guy who's been there. You you've been a guy who since he started playing, he's been wanting to take over that leadership role. He's wanted to be the voice. He's been someone who has had success both individually and as far as team. I think that's I think that's so valuable for a team like this. And it's something that you can't you can't look up an analytic list and oh, his charisma is a fucking ten out of ten. Like that's not gonna show up. But when you have when you have someone like this who look, I think he's annoying as fuck. But the guy wins, and he's been winning ever since, like, well, I'm not, not since the beginning, but he's been winning since at least 2017. You know what I mean? I, I think that's huge to have a guy who's been there, who's done it, and who has that, who has, like, that kind of just, this is what we're supposed to do mentality. I think that, that players do feed off of that. I think leadership matters, which is something that's never calculated when it comes to these conversations. But they, they got a leader on their team. You know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that other people fucking don't. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's a, that's a huge difference for them going forward, which is, like, I don't, I don't know if, if, if I'm going to say they're, they're my favorite to win it. Obviously, it sounds like I said it weeks ago. But I, I do think they have the best chance they've ever had with, with the team they have right now. Um, which, you know, it, for, for what it's worth, if, it, if you're going to get it done, might as well get it done the year that your boogeyman's not in it. No, because I'm just, dude, they're just thinking, like, for example, it's just like, bro, like, look. I, you know, I, I love Carlos Correa probably more than most just because of the Puerto Rican thing, but it's just like, how much of a leader is he actually? Because it's just like, realistically, it's like, look at this other argument, right? Again, one of their potential matchups is the Houston Astros in the first, the Houston, yo, if Minnesota beats them, okay, they beat them. But like, but like betting wise, like everyone should be betting on the Astros, like slaughtering them. Because the Astros have probably been the most successful postseason team in the last six seasons. Like, sure, it doesn't end in a World Series every time. But, like, the Astros probably should have their ticket punched to the ALCS every single season. So let me ask you this, Rob. Because you mentioned the Astros. And I think this would would be a good kind of... We'll we'll get into the AL West right now, too, since we're talking about it. But is this not the weakest Astros team we've had in the last half decade going into the World Series? And it's a postseason. I think it is. No, it's not. It's bro. That that's the thing. That see that that's the thing though. It's just like the logic that you used for a guy like Carlos Correa and like some of these other guys because it's postseason time. It's the same logic for the Astros. I can't bet against Justin Verlander leading the I'm Astros 12. in the postseason. I can't bet against Jose Altuve. I can't bet against Kyle Tucker, Jordan Albert. Like yo, these are guys who have been there all their careers as well with Carlos Correa and have probably been bigger leaders than him. Like, like if that was the matchup, if that was the matchup on paper, I would have, I would have to take the Astros by a landslide. Again, if the Minnesota twins beat them, then they beat them. I'm not going to make excuses for the Astros losing the series, but it's just like on paper, that is probably the most lopsided matchup. E- even, even if we think that this Astros team is weaker than it has been before. So wait that, a minute. 
So, so Nick, you said this isn't the, the weakest Astros team that. What, what, why do you say that? Or what, what's your opinion on that? Dude, they've had so many major injuries for so long. They have been playing. So don't get me wrong. Every team has injuries, okay? I get it. Every team has injuries. But not every team has Jose Altuve injuries for a long time. Not every team has Jordan Alvarez, who we were arguing is the best bat in all of baseball for a while. Like, we were arguing this is the, this is the scariest guy to step in the batter's box in the entirety of the game of Major League Baseball. And he was out for, what, two months? Like, you have major injuries happening to this team that are really setting them back. They have not played with a full roster for maybe more than 15 games this year. They're all going to be healthy coming into the playoffs. So, for me, it's not a matter of it being a weak team. It's been a matter of missing pieces that are super key. You know what's funny, though? I think the pitching for the Twins matches up perfectly for the type of offense that the Astros have. Undoubtedly, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, I, I think that if there's a chance to win – Look, Astros lineup is is phenomenal, right? And I would think the Astros lineup as full strength is better than than the Twins lineup, right? Because the Twins have a lot of kind of just, you know, we we got we got to figure it out, make it happen, guys. But the pitching on the pitching on um the Twins, the style of pitching they have, I think is a great matchup for a team that's as good offensively as the Astros. Because like, the Astros make contact, and the Twins have the pitchers who are kind of a little bit more old school in a way where if you make contact against them, you're probably more likely to get yourself out than you are against some of these other guys. You know what I mean? So that's why, look, a lot has to happen for, for, for that to happen, right? All these guys have to be on, right? It has to come clean. The offense has to show up. But I'm, I don't know, man. I, I think the Astros are, I might say very beatable, but this is the weakest they've gone into the postseason. I think most of it is actually on their pitching end. I don't trust their bullpen. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about Houston bullpen, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of it right now. Um, you know, Justin Verlander, you're telling me at 43 years old, I, I, you know, maybe, I'm sure, he, I mean, he's a fucking legend, so why the fuck not? But I'm not going to... Gar- it's not a guarantee on Justin Verlander, but that's why they made the, they made the trade back for him. Right. Like, for, for, for this, because they, I don't think they found themselves in a situation where they were completely confident on Hey, we're throwing Framber Valdez, and Framber Valdez is a, is a great pitcher. Like Framber is a a legitimate yeah. like top fifteen like level arm in the game right now. But I just don't think that this season, coming off of their World Series title and in a potential position to defend, they were in a position where we're like, oh, we're gonna throw Framber out there number one, right? Like it's like maybe right. or or maybe we throw him out there one, but having Justin be that number two right behind him gives him a little bit more level of comfort. Because again, I don't know what what they're gonna go with their one two three punch this year or whatever, but. Having Justin back in that rotation, a guy, again, in, in a situation not like the Mets, right? Like, you can look at the numbers and, like, sure, his numbers were a little worse when he came back with Houston. But a guy being in that familiar space with that franchise just there last season, like, you just won a title with them last season, I think it's going to be a benefit. Again, it, the for a Twins, the, the problem that I see with the Twins whenever, like, someone, like, talks about them as, like, being a serious contender is that, to me... In the AL, they are the team that is most reliant on luck of the draw, like like luck of the draw for their opposition. Like like if you depending on the matchup that you get in the first round, and then depending on how the other matchups go, that's how I see your route going, right? Because if we're in a situation where um, they find themselves again, let's say for example Toronto or Seattle as their matchup, and they they win that matchup, right? Then you're in a position where you're facing you're facing the winner of what would it be the winner of the of that 4-5 matchup in the wild card which would be something like Texas Houston whoever comes out of that series like 
And I know regular season, like the Twins have played them well, but whoever comes out of that series is a tough matchup for different reasons. Houston for their experience, Texas, because they're, they're Texas is, is kind of like starting to, to run into that, that first year of their window, kind of. We talked about the Bruce Bochy impact. We're going to see the Bruce Bochy impact come postseason time now. If Texas is able to, to you know, hold on and, and lock up a postseason position, Bruce Bochy is going to be key when it comes to those moments as being one of the managers that's going to be out there for these teams that has that championship pedigree, you know, as well. I mean, either way is going to be interesting. It's just tough for me to look at the twins right now and be like, damn, like y'all can really go crazy. But I do agree with the fact that if they do make it far, it has to be through their pitching. It is not going to be through, through their offense. Like their guys, for sure, you have to put up runs to win, but like the, the other offenses that they're just going to come up against, they really have to hope that their pitching holds them down. Look, here's what I see right now. Because right, right now they, ma- they match up with Houston. And to, Daniel, to your point, do I see them as the weakest team? But they're pitching, they're starters, for real. That's that's where it's struggling. The, Christian Javier is not what Christian Javier has been the last few yep. years. This is not a guy that you're like, okay, he might strike out 15 tonight. This is a guy that he's going to strike out 12, but he's also going to give up 12 runs. Like he just walked into Rick Ankiel only a little bit better without the stick like that's who this guy is right now framber valdez goes from no hitter to giving up seven runs like even framber is inconsistent at best and to your point with justin verland not only is he you know 105 years old he's not a good postseason pitcher he's had some good postseason starts but he is not a good postseason pitcher so going into this run absolutely you probably want to line up with the astros not because they're they're down because that offense can bang out 12 runs no problem but that pitching staff if, if you're the Twins this year with the way your offense has been going, you kind of want to see that pitching staff. If they get past them in the first round, if as it plays out right now, you're going against Baltimore. And as studly as Baltimore is, that pitching staff is not what it's all about, especially if Bautista is not back at the back end of the bullpen there. Because your starters, you're, let's be real, Jack Flaherty is probably your number two. Jack Flaherty, that, that's your number two. Or, or Kyle Gibson, who might be your number one. These are the guys that we're going into the postseason with. Like Grayson Rodriguez has had a great season, but is that really your number one in a postseason run? I love Baltimore, and I think they're young enough to not care about anything. But if I'm going to go into a postseason run, I'm going to line up with Houston and then Baltimore as the Twins. That pitching staff you talked about, they pitch to contact, and they pitch to soft contact because they're great with mixing up their speeds. Even Pablo Lopez, great changeup off the fastball, but Sonny Gray, he's not going to blow it by anybody. And then the awesome part about Duran is you have this, this starting staff that very likely is going to get you six, seven, eight innings. You go from Sonny Gray throwing you know a soft 92 to 105 out of Duran. I don't care how geared up and ready you are, 105 on a consistent basis is filthy. So the, the formula that the Twins have with the pitching staff and the team that they line up with looks really good for them to make the run. The team that I wouldn't want to see them face is the Blue Jays. Or is the Rays? I think those teams match up against the Minnesota Twins to be like, ha, that was cute, Cinderella, your glass slipper's broken. But who knows? Maybe the Twins will get another movie out of it. Maybe they'll make a magical run. I mean, look, I, what, I'll say one last thing about Minnesota, and this isn't even about the Minnesota baseball team. I think this next 12 months, it's going to be the, the year of Minnesota sports. And, yes, we're going to combine sports here. I think I think Vikings are 0 2 right now. I think they get the victory today, and I think they go on a run. Do they make the the, the Super Bowl? I'm not gonna go that far, but I think Minnesota Vikings get into the playoffs go farther than people think. 
basketball. Basketball. I got the Timberwolves coming in and making some fucking noise finally. What? Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Don't, don't look at me like Rob. Yeah. Bro, you're just... Yo, he didn't say good noise. He just said noise. He's another yeah, yeah. good. Yo, Minnesota fans, like, like, I don't know if you should plug your ears or, like, or keep listening. Like, sure, get your hopes up, but, like... Anthony, Anthony Edwards, MVP season incoming. Not the craziest thing. Anthony Edwards is a legitimate <laughs> dog. Not not the craziest thing. That's probably, the, that's probably the most sane thing he said in the last, like, 30 seconds. Let him know, Kermit. <laughs> nah, man, look, 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 but... To, to, let, let, let's let, let's shift gears. We already talked about the, the Astros a little bit, but I want you to look right now. The the AL West is not. It's still shaping up over the next week, and it's likely one of those teams is going to be out of the playoffs. Um, I'm, obviously, I'm talking about the the Rangers, the Twins, and the aforementioned Astros here. How do you guys think it shakes out? Because I I have no confidence in any of these teams. To be completely honest with you. I think Astros have the experience, so you're like, you're like, oh yeah, but they're also three and seven in the last ten. Then you look at the Rangers, and they've had the flop job of all flop jobs this last, this you know, second half of the year. And then the, the Mariners. If there's a team I can say I do not fucking believe in at all, it, it is the, it is the Mariners. But you know, wh- where are you guys at with that? How do you think this thing sh- shakes out this last week of the season? Yeah, man, I, I think Seattle drops. I, I I just point at Seattle dropping because I think, like you pointed out, it's it's just it hasn't been like sustainable, successful baseball all season for them. Like they just went on that hot run that they had. And that's what jolted them back into being in this position. Like it's like, if, if you look at Texas, Texas has pretty much been there since April, which again is like what a lot of people pointed to as like, yo, like if you fall out of the postseason race and you've been there all year, like that kind of sucks. Like that's a failure of a season. Texas has been there all season. I do expect them to to hold on. I feel like they definitely should. And again, we just finished talking about the Astros. I think the Astros have the experience in these last couple games that that are here. They'll they'll hold on to to make it. Um, and I and I honestly look not again. I'm not. It's not that I'm trying to to throw shade on Seattle or anything like that. But if I wanted to see two out of the three teams in the West right now, it'd be the Rangers and the Astros in the postseason because I like not for nothing. Like Seattle just doesn't have the star power. Like they have J Rod for sure. But like we talked about it before, they need another legitimate star on that team beside him. And again, that's why their team is not putting up like sustainable, successful baseball. Like I don't look at their lineup. Their lineup doesn't necessarily scare me. We talked about it all year. Their plus has been their pitching for sure. Like their legitimate pitch, like Castillo, Kirby and Gilbert are as good of a one, two, three as, as you can put up. If you're talking about top five, top six rotations in the game of baseball today, like their pitching is there for sure. But look at Texas, man. Look, I, I want to see Corey Seager go off in the postseason. I want to see Marcus Simeon go off. I, Texas is is a little bit like, um, in a weird way, like Atlanta light in terms of like the, the guys that they have in certain positions, right? Like they have a top a top 10 first baseman in Nathaniel Lowe. They have, it, they have a top shortstop in Corey Seager. They have a top second baseman in Marcus Simeon. Um, they have a top catcher in Jonah Heim. Like, they have even um, Odalis Garcia is cracking his way into that top 20 out for the ranking. Like they have look at their rotation, right? Like whatever we think of like Max Scherzer, the season that Nathan Eovaldi's having, like they have a lot of guys who have kind of climbed up in their rankings and I want to see what they can actually do in the postseason. Houston, I've already seen. I like I hate Houston as a Yankee fan, but as a baseball fan, like Houston, like not having those names in the postseason just doesn't seem right. 
Not having Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Justin Berland in the postseason doesn't seem right. And for Seattle, I think it's just like, yo, you have to do better to like improve your situation. Texas is past Texas has has passed them by, like honestly. And I, I I don't know how many more times I can point to the Bruce Bochy signing, but Bruce Bochy should have been a guy that was sought after by a lot of teams because I think he would have he would have changed a lot of teams' philosophies and he would have had a lot of teams looking like the Texas Rangers are looking now if if those franchises would have been willing to make the type of financial investments that Texas made. Um, but yeah, I think Texas has pa- has passed Seattle by a little bit. I think Houston, um, even even if Houston is on the downcome of their of their run or whatever, I'd still take them over Seattle going into every single season until Seattle can put some moves together that that point to them as being a a higher level contender. But dude, sadly enough, I think I think this year Seattle falls out as well. You know, it's crazy with Seattle when when you have when your second best hitter arguably this year has been, um, well, his name just slipped out. I, I, there we go. That's a perfect example. J.P. Crawford. No, no. When your second best hitter that you can look at this offense is J.P. Crawford. Look, no offense against J.P. Crawford. He's had a, a revelation offensively. But my team can't be carried by Julio Rodriguez, who having like a – I'm not saying he's even down here, but he definitely didn't take a step like we thought he would. Right? Like, are we all – I feel disappointed in Julio Rodriguez season. Am I, am I the only one, or, or is that kind of fair? You, I, I'm, I'm completely surprised and impressed with his season. He started off – Absolute dog shit, and then all of a sudden he just turned into, into the J Rod show for the last few months. Yeah, but his, but his end of year numbers are gonna look better because of that run. I I think it's more of just like like we might have hyped ourselves up a little bit, but like if we remember like for our for our off season rankings, like we had J Rod in front of Ronald Acuna Jr. Like we had Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. eighth, and, and, and like we had Soto, Tati Jr. All these guys in front of and and J Rod being in that conversation. When you look at some of those other guys, like even if you talk about like an Aaron Judge, right? Like an Aaron Judge missed a lot of time still put up a monstrous season. Like, a full season from Judge would have been monstrous. Soto, like, is... J-Rod might have surpassed Tatis Jr. Like, in terms of, like, just, like, number-wise, right? Like, not necessarily, like, overall, like, how we see them talent-wise. But, like, I think I think Daniel's pointing more towards, like, I expected maybe not, like, a Ronald Acuna-level jump, but definitely a, a type of jump where I'm like, damn, like, you're, you're established yourself as, like, a top-10 player in the game, and I don't think that he's done that quite yet. Uh, you know, I'll say I'll say this too, right? Because I'm, I'm looking at his overall numbers, and they're they're really good. They're 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 great player numbers. I think for me, it's more of the stink from the first half of the year that's kind of carried on. Um, and and you mentioned that hot streak that did kind of fix a lot of things. But he look, I I I, I gotta shut my face because he he is doing he's doing way better than I than I thought he was. Now that I looked at, at, at his overall numbers, he's gonna finish the season as a way better than I thought he was gonna finish. Um. I, I'm gonna kick it over to Nick real quick, but let me. I'm just gonna tell you my thing. Um, I, I think it's gonna be Rangers and Astros. I don't. I, I don't want to see this Mariners team there. I, I know it's, it's gonna sound like, oh, this guy hates Seattle. Like, no. I just look. I love Julio Rodriguez. I think he has a, a a lot of great moments coming up. But this is a very boring Seattle team, where like, again, nothing against J.P. Crawford. But if you're telling me that the second person on the offense that I'm most excited to see after Julio is J.P. Crawford. I'm I'm okay. Like miss me with that. I'd rather go see Cal Tucker and Altuve and or Jordan Alvarez, right? Or I'd rather go see the, the the absolute fucking bangers out there in 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 Texas, right? Like Josh Young would be would go into his lineup and be the second best hitter, and, and we didn't even mention him when we were talking about the lineup with 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 the Rangers. So, like I'm okay. And I get it. The pitching's amazing, but like 
you know, guys, go go sign Otani. You can't pitch next year anyway. You're <laughs> Yo, I was just about yeah, I was just about like, to say we're waiting for the J Rod Otani <laughs> show, man. Like when that becomes I, a reality, oh I would love that. I would love Yo, that. Nah, like that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I always say like it's no shade to Seattle. I want Seattle to be good. I love yeah. I love Julio Rodriguez. I just want him to be paired with someone. And again, it doesn't. Yo, if Otani goes to Seattle. Otani's the best player in Seattle. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a situation where like J-Rod is number one, right? Like, it's just like, we just need him paired with another superstar so that Seattle can actually start to do something. I like it. Nick, man, what about you, man? How do you think this division shakes out? Yo, if Otani goes anywhere, he's the best player on that team. There's not a team. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, I mean, he, you you have an all-star team, you put Otani. Yeah, he's still the best. So I just want to make sure we referenced a little something earlier. We had a little shit talking about the Twins winning their division with 82 wins. Well, the AO West, the leaders, 86. Like, that's four <laughs> games. The Twins. Yeah, but they, have, but they haven't clinched, though. But they haven't clinched the division. They're going to they're gonna finish at plus 90. I'm, they I'm, clinched I'm, already their division at 82. Just, How bad does your division have to be for you to clinch at 82? When, Nick, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. When was the last time? And I don't know the answer. You might not know the answer, but we will, we will find it and we will talk about it next episode. What, when was the last time that a team has clinched their division at 82 wins and like, and like, and like that division has not been shit? With 10 games left? With, with 10 games? At 82 wins? I mean, like, how often does a team clinch at 82 wins? But they're not going to stop. Probably, probably like five years ago, probably had a team that 82 wins in there. But I'm so what I'm I saying with that Kansas City, Kansas City, I think in 2015 might have been. Better. I mean, but if they go 500 the rest of the way, they're going to have 87 wins. That's respectable, right? I mean, I mean, somewhat like, yeah, like I feel like I feel it might just be me in like my mind, but like I always see like whenever I think of like the worst, the worst division winner, right? Like, like the worst division winner in any league. I feel like you always look at 90. I feel like the 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 norm in the central has kind of started to shift the last couple of years at like 88. And like, yes, that points to the division being shit. But it's just like overall, like the main conversation all year was twins, guardians, essentially who's going to win the division. The guardians shit the bed for them to let the twins clinch in 82. Because this this should have mainly been a, 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 a more of a race is more of my point. Like if the twins were still fighting and they're like, oh, they have a two two game lead on the guardians right now at their 80. Sure. But the fact that you clinched almost at 80 wins when like, yeah, there's probably 10, 15 games left. That's not the norm. No, no, you're right. But my point was going to be more towards like the twins could end up with a better record than all three of these teams by the end of the season. It, it's going to take some work on both ends, but they could end up with a better, better record than all three of these teams. And for me personally, what I would like to see, I would like to see all three of these teams make it into the playoffs and the Blue Jays fall out. The reason being is, for some reason, the Blue Jays just aren't fucking exciting for me. I don't have a storyline for the Blue Jays that I get up for. I don't. Vlad Jr. is not that guy right now. Um, Matt Chapman had, like, his MVP season for the first three weeks. And he's like, oh, wait a second. I'm Matt Chapman. All I'm really good at is defense. I'm going to go back to that. I, I love their pitching staff, but there's not a guy on there that I'm getting behind, like, dude, like even Kevin Gossman, who played, I followed him when he started with the Orioles. I loved him starting off with the Orioles. Then he played for the Giants, who I follow closely. I should absolutely be absolutely enthralled with this guy. And I'm just like, that's Kevin Gossman. His hair is really long. He's a good dad. He throws a lot of strikes. Like, cool. This is awesome. There's no, there's no storyline of Blue Jays that I want to see in the playoffs. Every single one of these teams has a storyline that I want to see. The Astros are going to barely make it in. What's going to happen? To me, that's a fucking awesome storyline. The Rangers, I love me some Bochi. I don't know how many people notice this, but since August 13th, randomly, my birthday, they have blown, They have or they have only converted 30% of their save chances. 
When they have a lead, they've only saved it three out of 10 times. They've blown up to three save chances in one fucking game. Blown three saves in one game. It takes more than one pitcher to do that shit. You have three blown saves under three different pitchers' names in a single game. That is intriguing. You have a bullpen that not implodes. It's Hiroshima up in this bitch. Like, they are blowing up everything, and just it's a national disaster at this point. And then I love me some Seattle Mariners. I've been up there. The energy is absolutely amazing. Julio Rodriguez is absolutely a guy. Their pitching staff, I want to see those three go into a postseason and give up zero runs through their nine starts or whatever. Like, it's there's each one of these teams has a storyline in the thought that the Blue Jays do make it because on paper, they are a better team all the way around. They have a great starting staff, a decent bullpen, and a lineup that can explode. I, I, I unfortunately, as much as I want to see them go in, that bullpen disaster of the Rangers, I could see them falling out. Even though they're in first place right now, this is the time of the year. Postseason baseball is different. You manage differently. Bochi knows how to do that. I really think Bochi is seeing this like, I've got to be foot on the gas pedal to the ground this last week of the season because I need to make it in there. I need these guys to realize what's going on. So we're going to see if these guys can play postseason baseball even beforehand because he's going to pull, he's going to push all the right buttons as a manager. He's shown that he can do it in the past multiple times. And I'm not just talking about the Giants. Like he took a Padres team that should not even sniffing the play the postseason to the World Series and managed his ass off. There was not a single player on that team that's like, yeah, this is a guy I'm afraid of and got him to the World Series. I even though they're in first place right now and maybe they figured out their bullpen woes. I, of the three teams, I see the Rangers as the team that's fallen out. And I don't want to say that because I'd like to see what they can do in the postseason a la Corey. I mean, they had an all-infield or an all-star infield. Like, literally, all of their infield was all-stars except for first base. How do you not want to see that in the postseason? So, for me, I think Texas is actually the one that falls out. Houston, it's tough to say, but I just believe in their history. It's tough to bet against them with their history, with, like, where they make it. and. You know, you hate you some Alex Bregman, I know that, but this guy's throwing up an incredible season this year. He's back on top of his game, and it's almost as if he knew the rest of the offense wasn't going to be there for the team. Um, but, I mean, he's played 154 games. Uh, his OPS isn't, you know, the best ever at 808, but he's, I mean, 24 bombs, 96 RBIs, um, 99 runs. He's put together a really solid season, kind of brought his offense back a lot to pick up the slack. And you've just got so many guys on the team that can play out of their mind at any given moment. So I think Houston and Seattle actually makes it if it's only two of the teams, but I'd like to see all three. Cause I think the storylines for all three of these teams are absolutely amazing. I agree with you on like, I don't want, I have no interest in seeing Toronto do anything to, to, to me. That team is just the, the fact that they've gone as far as they have gone. And as quietly as they've done it, it's kind of amazing to me, right? Like when I think right now, when I think the blue Jays, I think, Oh, Alec Manoa is a person who, is an absolute asshole, <laughs> right? The last, Bro, the fact, the, last... the fact that y'all not interested in Alec Manoa's World Series MVP run is just <laughs> gross to me. It's gross. How are y'all not interested in that storyline? <laughs> which which World Series is he going to? Because it's not the MLB World Series. He might be picking Julio Arias like... down in Mexico. Come on, man. Y'all not trying. Y'all not trying to watch Vladdy's fifth movie. Come on now, oh, like Jesus Christ. That is yo. Oh my Straight God. to DVD. Straight to Bro, DVD. And another guy, and another guy that me and Daniel just like love. And like, yo, I would love nothing more than for Vladdy Jr. to be just demolishing base the baseball world right now. But not happening. 
The, people, people think we're haters. I, I, I want to see him succeed, but he fucking <laughs> sucks. He's inside. He's inside. He just hasn't lived up to what we believe his potential will be. Um, yeah. Real quick, let's take it to the NL because the NL races are, are just as close in the NL, man. Right now, we have Philadelphia, Arizona, Chicago there with right outside Miami at one game, Cincinnati two and a half, San Francisco three and a half. Uh, personally, I don't have Cincinnati and San Francisco really doing much this next week and the next week to get in but i mean do, do you think that changes at all man between philadelphia arizona and chicago oh man that that one's a tough one because like i was looking at i was looking at those races and, and it's tough because it's also like look we talk about it like we just talked about with these like aos teams right where it's just like oh we're not interested in these storylines or anything like that yo guess what that's not just how like we analyze the game of baseball that's how like the MLB looks at the game of baseball, right? Like the, like the MLB is thinking about a money perspective, right? Do you think, do you think like, I know it always comes off as like, oh, because like we're fans of the team, right? But do you think that the MLB is necessarily happy right now at the fact that both the Mets and Yankees won't be in the postseason? Like, it's just they're like, pissed. again, they're, they're from, a, uh, from a financial standpoint, like, yeah, like when you don't have, especially in baseball, when you don't have the New York teams in the postseason, it's just like, like we're trying to come up with like postseason scenarios that are like the most interesting and out. It's funny because when you look at um, we, we're in a situation where the Cincinnati Reds are like out of the wild card. They're they're not one of the three wild cards right now, but they're in the race. And like MLB's already posting like articles and stuff about like these are the rookies that are gonna like you know like show out in the postseason. And I'm like, do we know that Ellie De La Cruz is gonna be in the postseason? Like, do we know, do we know that that's a thing? Like, it's just like, but they, but they're all, they're setting themselves up to like, kind of like form these, like, these are the guy, you know, like these are the, the, these are the actual guys that we want to see, um, like perform well in the, in the postseason. So like on, on that point, you could definitely see there that like the MLB would probably like, you know, Cincinnati to sneak in there because they have like a guy like Ellie De La, De La Cruz. But to be honest with you, like the teams, the way that they're set up right now, I actually love the wild card picture in the NL. Like with the teams that that look like that are in those positions right now because look, Miami, I said it before, they're too early. I had Miami, I had Miami making a 10 to 12 game improvement this season, which they are making. I I don't I didn't look at their record last, but the last time that I looked at it, they were already 8 games better than last season. So they're doing that. Like I, I predicted that they would have a way better year even if they didn't make the postseason. And we just saw that Sandy's going to get shut down or he's going down for the year. I wouldn't me personally, I wouldn't want a scenario where like, even if he hasn't had the best year, right? Like I want to see Sandy Alcantara out there pitching for the Miami Marlins in a situation where they make the postseason. Um, I know Luis Arias has had the season that he's had and things like that. Like he's going to win a batting title. Sure. But like Miami's just a little bit early. I think they need, a, they need another year or two to kind of establish themselves, but it's a good showing for them. Cincinnati in that same realm, they have a lot of young talent. I think it's I think it's a couple years too early. They have to establish themselves more in their own division first before I can look at them to be like, hey, like you're a postseason team, like try win your division, like try to win the central first and, and, and like start with that. The teams that are if you see when I sent the information out, I stopped at San Francisco. The San Diego Padres are technically still alive. Did I include them in the conversation? Do it. No, do it. no, do it. because I'm because they're because they're literally the most disappointing. They're I'm gonna say they are the biggest disappointment. In baseball, I said, I said, I said, you can look at the Cardinals, you can look at the Yankees, you can look at the Mets. In terms of what the, the expectations were for the San Diego Padres and the moves that they have made in the last two years, they are the biggest disappointment in the in the 
world of baseball. I don't even care if they snuck into the postseason at throw walk Still the biggest disappointment for all the shit that they basically talk amongst each other and hype themselves up. Like, so I didn't even try to include them in that conversation. But like with the three teams that are there, Philadelphia is a really good fucking team. Like, like they are underrated. For, they can, like when you talk about like teams that can pretty much go against any, any of the division winners like that. Yo, when your lineup has Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber for like, can't, can't hit o- over 200 almost to save his life. But can the man hit bombs? Like, sure. And, and sometimes that's what needed. That's what's needed to win games. We talked about their pitching a lot before. Zach Wheeler is Zach Wheeler. Aaron Nola hasn't necessarily been himself, but they have a lot of talent on that team. And if you look at the two other teams that are there, Arizona, I'm glad they came back to their senses this season because they were playing really good fucking baseball. And I was going to be really upset if they just let the Dodgers slide past them and they fall out completely because not for nothing, Corbin Carroll's year is also very underrated because of the fact that he has four guys in front of him who are just having monstrous. The the correct word is monstrous seasons for the seasons that Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Matt Olson are having, which will be the top four guys in the NL MVP finish. Corbin Carroll likely has a good shot at finishing fifth because of the season that he's having, and the Diamondbacks wouldn't be where they're at now without him. And then the Cubs, the Cubs are just, to me, a, a, a middle-of-the-road team who put it together and acquired pieces that helped them get to this point. The acquisition of Marcus Stroman, the acquisition of Cody Bellinger, um, the even even if you go back a couple years ago, right? Seiya Suzuki, Seiya Suzuki has been an underrated bat coming over from Japan, right? I said it when he first signed over. Not everyone that comes from Japan is going to be Shohei Otani. You're going to get some bats from Japan that can give you an 800 OPS. That's still a very solid bat at the MLB level. The Cubs have a have a lot of good solid pieces there, and I think a lot of the races that are going to be formed out there are also very interesting, right? Like we're in a situation where like. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be like Milwaukee, Chicago in the first round, like Philly, Arizona again. That like that's a pretty interesting series. Or not not um we have Philly, Arizona because the Dodgers and the Braves would have their buys. But like we, I think more even more than the AL, the NL has possibility for like some very interesting seasons. So my prediction would be that it stays with those three teams that are there right now, and then everyone else is just a little bit too early. I I, I agree with you, man. I, I um what's it called with with the NL. I love the teams that that have made it. Look, obviously, I, I I wish San Diego was better, and I think next week or when we do our season-ending episode, we'll talk about how ridiculous that team is. When you have guys meeting their numbers, you have a guy in Blake Snell who, I'm not going to say he ran away with the NL Cy Young, but he's pretty much running away with the NL Cy Young, right? Like, you have that kind of production, and this is a team week left or under 500. It, it, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, and for me, like a team, a team like San Francisco, I think right now they're a piece away, which is why they went so hard after Carlos Correa. That's why they went so hard after Arson Judge. That's why they went so hard um, after – why they're going to go so hard after Otani next season because this is a team that's right there on the brink, right? You, you see a couple of pieces on that team and you see them be a legitimate contender, probably more so than the Padres at, at this point because – look, I'll say some Padres, right? If you look at their numbers – the amount of games they've lost, like, past the ninth inning, the amount of games of one-run games they've lost, it's actually kind of asto- astonishing. This is a team that if, let's say, even half those games go their way, they're pretty much tied with Philadelphia. Um, it's a lot of games. Uh, it was something like, I, I want to say, like, 13 to 16 games that they lost either in extras or by one run, which when you look at it, that, dude, 
that's that's nothing. I don't know what you point at. I don't know how I fix it. But anyways, the, the important thing is, like, I love Philadelphia. I think they're going to have a real big run this year. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they end up back in the in the uh, World Series, honestly. Uh, things happen, right? Kind of just the way it is, as, as great as the Braves have been. Shit happens. Right? I, I, they're, they're a team that I can see getting there. Arizona? Arizona's tough, right? Like, I'm glad they're back. I also think they're going to be outmatched. Whoever they play for a series, I have Arizona losing. It doesn't matter who it is. I have them losing that first series. I just don't believe in them. Chicago, which Chicago was kind of, you know, I remember when we talked about early in the season, they were kind of my, like, on the brink team of, I can see this team making some noise, make the playoffs, right? I, I didn't call them to make the playoffs, but I, you know, I said, hey, this is going to be a team that's going to be in the mix. They're in the mix right now, right? Miami, I would, you know, I personally would love to see Miami get in just because I think it, it would be a better storyline than, than Arizona or Chicago because Miami does have things, some things that they can do, uh, especially with their, with their midseason acquisitions that make the team kind of exciting. Um, if I had it my way, it would be Philadelphia, Chicago, Miami. I don't care about Cincinnati. Honestly, I think next year we're going to be talking about them as the last place team potentially. Um, I mean, kind of like right there with the Pirates. I, I, if I were to put like a Brinks truck, I'd say that St. Louis is going to be as bad as they were this year. Um, but anyway, man, Nick, I'll kick it over to you, dude. How do you see this playing out? I like how you threw out the Pirates out there as being last place team, and they're not even eliminated. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. They 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 are not officially eliminated, and they're only two games behind the Padres in record wise. No, um, I mean this this is interesting because a couple weeks ago we we're talking about I can't wait to see the playoff races and what's going to happen, what's going to go down in the NL, more so than the AL. I think we were all more looking forward to the NL playoff, you know, run down the stretch. And then all of a sudden, it's top-heavy as fuck. Like, these teams outside of Philadelphia, I don't want to watch any of them in the postseason. I really don't. I'm glad Chicago's in there, so we have a historical team, a major market team that, you know, can bring some limelight to the postseason because Arizona's not that team. That Arizona's not bringing any fans to come in and watch. The Marlins are not bringing in fans to come in and watch. The Reds, look, man, I hope the Reds don't make it because what I do not want to see, I do not want to see L.A. De La Cruz fall on his face in the postseason. He started off so hot. He's got all these stat cast metrics. And then all of a sudden, everybody realized that this is Pedro Serrano from, uh, from Major League. Like, throw him some off-speed shit, and he's going to go get his bat warmer, and he's going to have a, you know, a bottle of rum with Joe Boo to try to hit the curveball. In the postseason, pitching is different. They're not going out there to get six innings out of it. No, every pitch matters. And when you get to the postseason against a team like the Braves and the Dodgers and the, and the Brewers, believe it or not, the Brewers have a lot of postseason experience. They've been there a lot. They just don't win when they get there. This is the Twins in a sense. But you have guys on all three of these staffs that have they know what postseason pitching is. And I do not want to see L.A. De La Cruz go through that growing pain this year. So I don't want to see them there. Look. San Francisco is a joke. I live in San Francisco territory. All, our team, no, your team sucks. Your team fucking, it's terrible. They are finally playing to the level that they should be playing to. Whatever happened two years ago, it was more magical than what happened in 10, like 10, 12, and 14. Come on, I can at least tell you that some of those players are Hall of Fame quality. Like Tim Lincecum, short stint, but that's a Hall of Fame quality stint that he had. Matt Cain, that of bulldog of all bulldogs. You had some clothes out there that like just pissed you off, but they still closed down the game. You had Buster Posey, 
who I can make the argument is the best catcher to ever play the game. You had prime Brian, uh, Brandon Crawford, who was the best defensive shortstop I had seen next to Anderson Simmons. I mean, I would put him up there with Ozzie Smith in his prime with defense. Like, I could explain those teams. The Giants, right? You can't explain shit. You can't. Even even Lamont Wade's nickname changes depending on the time of day. Like, let's come on, man. This no, no, just no. I'm with you, Daniel. I would want to see the Marlins over the Diamondbacks. The major reason, the Diamondbacks just have nothing I want to see outside of Corbin Carroll. They they really unfortunately they don't. I know who Zach Gallon is, and he came from the Marlins. So like, let me go see his original team. Like, I know what I'm getting out of the Arizona Diamondbacks. It is not a World Series run that I really want to watch. Because there just isn't the name on that team that I want to see. And I'm not saying there is with the Marlins. But every time the Marlins get into the postseason, it's like they have this magical run and they go win it. So let, let's continue that. Let's see if that can pop in there. I love seeing Philadelphia there. I mean, of all the teams that I would be scared to put up, you know, three touchdowns on the scoreboard at a from an offense. I think the Phillies are a team where I would be, no matter what pitchers on the mound on the other side, they could pop off for a five five-run inning, no problem, no matter who's on the other side. And then, like I said, with the Cubs, major market team, historical team, that's the type of team that you want to see in here. If if the quality of the competition is going to be this low, I'm going to go with a historical team like the Cubs. But this this league is – is the National League is so top-heavy with the Braves and the Dodgers, it's not even funny. And then you, I can kind of throw the Brewers in there because Yellick's back a little bit. Willie Adamas is a guy who can pop off. You know, you've got some guys that are hitting a little bit. But that pitching staff, the law firm, is absolutely disgusting when they're on, a la the Mariners. Like, this could be a run where they give up no earned runs the entire postseason and find themselves in the World Series. Um, so it's it's just really, really top-heavy for me. And I would much rather see the Marlins over the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks maybe a year early. Next year, sure, put it together for a little bit longer. Um, I'd love – Corbin Carroll would be fun to watch in the postseason, but – Guess what? He doesn't like the attention. I, I've heard him in a ton of interviews. He is so awkward when he's on the mic or on the camera. This is not a guy that's going to promote the game, not right now at least. So there's a lot of a lot of the Arizona stuff that's going on. I just don't really want to see. Uh, they're and they're negative twenty two run differential. So they don't have a great offense. They have an okay pitching staff. You know their bullpen isn't great, but I, I'm really excited to see Philadelphia if they can make another World Series run. It's just so top heavy with this division, this league. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, if Miami, I'll just say this: if Miami wins a World Series this year, that would be absolute fucking insanity, in my opinion. But hey, they, they, that's kind of what they do, right? Just come up random years um, and and win some shit. But anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here. Is, is there anything you guys want to say before 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 we leave here? Rob, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I just have uh, two messages. Um, thank you to the New York Yankees for wasting what will be Garrett Cole's first Cy Young season. Um, and then number two, you know, coming off the postseason talk that we just had, um, I know that we mentioned that it's top heavy, but I think this is probably the year that we have a top heavy matchup that is just like the most, the matchup that I'm anticipating the most. Like, I want to see an Atlanta Braves, Dodgers, NLCS. Like, because I think that that rivalry is just starting to pick up. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, the Braves have their own rivals in their own division. And, you know, Giants and Dodgers have their thing. But I think it's it's them realizing that they are the two best organizations in the entire baseball world. And they're competing with each other when it comes to being, like, at this point, just a better organization, right? Like, we talked about it 
it, it's going to be a series that's going to have the top four NL MVP candidates in it. If that's the NLCS matchup, right? The Freddie Freeman thing jumping over from Atlanta to the Dodgers just sprinkled in a little bit, you know, on the back end too. Like Ronald Acuna's antics. Imagine Ronald Acuna is just like just 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 pimp, completely pimping a home run in the NLCS in front of that LA crowd. Like it's just like yo, that is the matchup that I want to see, especially now where it's just like yo, Yankees aren't in the postseason, right? Like I, like what I want to see. I want to see Braves, Dodgers, man, take that to seven games. Like, I feel like that series is just going to be completely electric. Based on the seasons that both teams have been having as well, I think it's time, like, hey, beat these other teams, make it happen, because that's the matchup I want to see. Yo, for me, it's just a matter of seeing, you know, how this plays out. We This has been a historical season, and the playoffs look like, you know, outside of the teams that we talked about that we're not excited to see in there, for the teams that are going to be in there, you know, the Baltimores, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Braves, the Dodgers, this is going to be a good postseason. Like, we're going to see some serious playoff baseball, and we're going to see some players and some managers that come through that we probably weren't expecting. We're going to have, obviously, not just the Cinderella teams, but the Cinderella players. And some of these teams, like, yeah, we've talked about them, but there's players on these teams that we haven't talked about that are going to come out in the postseason, and it's going to be fun. There's going to be some players that are really going to cement their name, and I would love to see Julio Rodriguez in the postseason do something dirty to really put himself and keep escalating himself in the name of the game and being one of those top players. Cause he's, I mean, he shot all over himself at the beginning part of the year and then went to the home run derby and just turned it all around. This Like there's just some players out there that I can't wait to see this postseason. Yeah. Like I'll end it off with this. Cause we, we are, are going to have a postseason episode next week, which hopefully we're going to try to make happen before the playoffs actually start um, on, on that Tuesday. But I just don't want parts of the season to kind of go unmentioned. First of all, Aaron judge, Coming off a three-home run game, uh, Judge won't be talked about because you know he was injured and the Yankees are out of it. But in about half the games that anybody else has played, the dude put up a 34-home run season. Uh, his OPS is going to finish well over a thousand for this year. Uh, when people are making lists next year and stuff like that, don't forget Aaron Judge. In my opinion, he's still the best hitting outfielder there is uh, in the major leagues. No disrespect to Acuna Jr. And actually, power hitter, right? Because Acuna Jr. does so much more than just hit for power. Um, second thing is, look, the Otani news that we're going to talk about in the offseason is getting crazy. Just wanted to mention it, you know, because we, we missed the episode. But um, him clearing out his locker from Angel Stadium, I, I've been promoting that Angels could potentially re-sign him. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that all back now. There's no shot that he resigns with the Angels after that shit. Which I think the biggest part of that story is Anthony Rendon. The Angels misdiagnosed a pretty big fucking injury, right? Broken fibula is a hard one to fucking miss. I feel like if you show me an MRI, I could probably tell you, hey, shit, this, this doesn't work. <laughs> we did your leg here, <laughs> right? So, you know, just a couple things to, to, to end off there. But, Rendon's doctor um, missed it too. That was Rendon's third doctor that he went to. Four doctors missed that shit. Really? I didn't know that part. So yeah. He broke that shit himself. He's like, fuck you guys. You guys think I'm faking? Fake this. And then, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Or he, gave, his, his, or he gave another doctor who also doesn't play Major League Baseball, just like Rendon, a little bit chunk of his contract to say it was broken. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely nuts, man. But, yeah, man, that, that's, that's it from us. We will catch you next week where hopefully we'll have the playoff bracket set so we can start talking about what we think is going to happen in this playoff, how, we, how things look. Obviously, Minnesota Twins, your World Series champions. We'll just see how they get their next episode. 
<laughs> we will we'll catch you guys. Yo, Rob, I see your face. We will see you guys. Talk to you later.